Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Outkick 360 is here. We are back. Glad you're with us alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton, Lance Lee, Jacob Swanson, David Reed, Becca Risley, making the show happen for us. I'm assuming Sleepy Danny is awake. Props to you, Danny, for going hard last night. I'm sure you did. Gentlemen, <laughs> good morning. I'm going to go on a limb and say Sleepy Dan went harder than anyone on this show <laughs> last night. And if you are awake... You're welcome, because we're about to give you some solid entertainment for the next two hours. Sarah Triplett is our production assistant today, uh, helping us out. You can follow us on all social media platforms and, of course, on YouTube. We hope you'll subscribe and, uh, of course, uh, uh, hit the bell, ring the bell, alert yourself to every time we go live, which is weekdays at noon Eastern. And be on the lookout for the Outkick 360 YouTube channel coming soon. Tim Tebow is back in the NFL. We're going to give thoughts on that in a matter of minutes. want to let everyone know we have Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee, who will join the show. That's coming up an hour from now, right at noon central, 1 o'clock Eastern. Looking forward to talking some SEC football uh, with the first-time head coach, Clark Lee, for the Vanderbilt Commodores. That's coming up, plus our thoughts on last night's send-off to Pecorine at Bridgestone Arena in the regular season finale for the Nashville Predators. But first, as we signed off yesterday, Tim Tebow, the report's coming out that, and we knew this, the day of the draft, that Thursday of the NFL draft, it was reported that he was trying out, that he was getting a look from Urban Meyer. And then Aaron Rodgers' news came out shortly thereafter and completely put all of that craziness to the side. Well, it's returned because the reports are that he is going to sign a contract within the next week and make it official a one-year deal where he's going to be a tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars and head coach Urban Meyer. Tebow is back after not playing in the league since 2012. Doug Flutie did this. He went to the CFL for eight years and then came back to the NFL. But we've never seen anything quite like what Tebow's about to attempt. And it's crazy to consider that you know he's, he's actually getting an opportunity like this. Uh, it's totally different from Flutie because Flutie was playing football sure. uh, the whole time. So stepping away from it, coming back into it, uh, different. <coughs> I'll say this. I don't like this story. Um, and I don't necessarily like the Tim Tebow story. But this is not really Tim Tebow's fault. My dislike of the Tim Tebow story goes back to Urban Meyer at Florida housing some criminals on his team and everything being covered up and whitewashed because Tim Tebow's such a great guy. And I legitimately believe Tim Tebow is a great person. I don't think it's fake at all. I don't think anything he does is fake. I have no personal issue with Tim Tebow. But I have an issue with this story because 
Tim Tebow, I don't feel like, is someone who should be getting the play that he gets uh, from, a, in a, from a broad standpoint. So, again, I, it's weird for me to talk about it because I don't have any personal issue with Tim Tebow. I find the guy to be completely genuine in his convictions and what he talks about. I'll also say this. I know Paul has an even stronger opinion on it than I do. Um, I think this is a red flag for Urban Meyer's understanding of professional football. Absolutely. That he's doing this. And I only say that based on the tweet from Judy Batista, who's a columnist with NFL.com, who said that Urban Meyer is doing this because the culture in Jacksonville is bad and that Tim Tebow is going to come in and help the culture in Jacksonville. I don't think professional football players want to hear Tim Tebow stand up on a chair and give them a pep talk. I think they're going to find it silly when that happens and not some unifying moment that's going to bring the Jacksonville organization together. So I think more than anything, this isn't necessarily Tim Tebow's fault. It's Urban Meyer's fault if he legitimately believes Tim Tebow is going to come in and change the culture by giving some pep talks to the team. You don't fix an NFL culture with a fifth-string tight end who's never played the position before, who's been out of the league for eight years, uh, and, and who was bad at his position when he was in the league. Um, so that's ridiculous. What the Jaguars are doing here is cracking the fundamental principle of the NFL and of professional sports, which is that it's a meritocracy. <laughs> And that you get in and you stay in, and we don't know if he's going to stay in. I, I would think that he doesn't make it. But you get in based on being good enough. And I find it hard to believe that a guy who the one highlight we've seen of him running a route is that the ball hits him in the head because he doesn't get his head turned around and his hands up on a ball thrown, I think, by Mark Sanchez. But here is the depressing thing to me about Tim Tebow. This fuels the American myth that you never give up on your dreams and that you always stick with it no matter what, which is bull. <laughs> you have to give up at some point in time. This is nonsense that you always stick with it. You have to have a plan B and a plan C because sometimes your dream is out of reach and it just doesn't work. And that's part of the American reality that goes with the American dream, right? I wanted to be a novelist when I was a kid. You know what happened? I figured out that I didn't have plots. And so I wanted to be a writer, and I swerved and discovered, you know, nonfiction provides the plots for you. If you go and cover stuff as a, as a reporter, there are daily plots there. And I can be a writer, but I can't be a novelist. And that's an adjustment I made along the way. And Tim Tebow is not making the adjustment because the Jaguars and the Mets didn't force him to make the adjustment. He's not a baseball player, and the Mets facilitated him being a baseball player for, what, six or seven years? And he hasn't been a football player in eight years, and the Jaguars are facilitating it, which isn't his fault. It's the fault of the Mets and the Jaguars. But all over Twitter today, people are saying, don't give up on your dreams. Just keep going for it. Because look at Tim Tebow. It's working for him. As if Tim Tebow is the rule about sticking with what you believe in, even when it's ridiculous. And he's not the rule. There are thousands of people out there who need to change course, who are taking heart because Urban Meyer's doing something stupid. But 
it's also ridiculous that you act as though he doesn't have a plan B or plan C when the guy juggles SEC network and motivational and church circuits on a weekly and, and daily basis while he's playing for the Mets and while he'll be on the roster for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You may be only able to handle one thing at a time professionally. This guy behind the scenes has a team of people around him with all of these different branches on the tree where he's involved in all these different things. So to act as though he doesn't have a plan B or plan C when he's been doing that for years is foolish of you to say. Well, I'm saying the people who are watching it don't know about all of that. I'm, I'm putting this on people on who are ESPN seeing him every week. as the vision for it. And if he's on ESPN every week now, he's not fully invested in football, which is what football players need to be in a meritocracy system. He's on SEC Network every week during the during the regular season. You think football fans don't know he's on that channel? Well, he can't be on the SEC Network if he's on the Jaguars. Sure. So uh, is he in or is he out? He's telling you he's going to do both. He's going to well, be he can't out do until both. he's going to be out both. until he's out of the league, and he's going to go back to sports as soon as he's given an opportunity. Well, well, that's great. I'm not putting that on him as much. I'm putting it on the people who are watching him, thinking that they can strive for their number one thing forever and backseat stuff. Most people don't have the privilege that Tim Tebow does to be able to fall back into a second and third thing because they don't have the money he has and they don't have this secondary and third talents they do as they try to develop the primary talent, which they think they can keep doing because they're watching this and taking what it as you, example. What you said, though, is Tim Tebow needs to have a plan B. I mean, he, he's I, already I, right. through the alphabet I, and he's on double B now. I get what you're saying, and I correct that nuance of what I said. You get my broader point about people who are looking at him and saying, I can stick with my thing for 12 years when it's not working. They can't, and they shouldn't. And we overdo this thing of stick with your dream forever because sometimes it doesn't work. If you're a starving artist, you got to go eat. But the idea that if you have the opportunity to stick with your dream for another year and you want to do that because Paul Koharski says that the majority of people can't, he shouldn't? I think he's got facilitators that are ridiculous. I think he's been used, and I don't know that he realizes he's being used. What is the benefit? If he wants to go hit well, 199 or 211 for the Mets, so be it. But the, he's being used to sell jerseys and to, to sell tickets, not because he's a good baseball player. And I would think that's embarrassing. At a point, you realize, hey, I'm not here because I can hit. Well, I, I, can, I can say this with, uh, with certainty based on a conversation I was fortunate enough to have with him. This was last month. Eddie George and I recorded a piece that will air in a couple of weeks Looking forward where to we talked with him about his convictions and about what he misses from sports. Because at the time when we talked with him, he had just officially retired from baseball. He's 33 years old. And I asked him about you know the finality of knowing that he's done as an athlete. And the answer that you'll hear from him, paired with the news of yesterday, goes hand in hand. Um, now, I will also say, from Urban Meyer's standpoint, I agree with both of you. I, I don't understand why you're bringing him in uh, to play a position that you know he, he wouldn't move to back in 2012, uh, when everyone was discussing that he should move and switch positions. Um, and I, I don't understand why you need someone like him to perpetuate and reinforce themes and objectives within a locker room 
the, the, the media that are lazy enough to throw out that he's somehow going to be mentoring Trevor Lawrence, oh, dear God. That, that's laughable. Um, that will be Daryl Bevel. That will be Brian Schottenheimer behind the scenes. That will be Irvin Meyer. Uh, while I do think he's going to be great at the, the motivating factors bec simply because the guy can give a pep talk on the keto diet much less give a pep talk on why you need to be fired up to play the game of football. Um, I, I don't think it's something that's needed in an NFL locker room like it is a collegiate atmosphere. I just don't think it, is it needed at all in an NFL locker room. I, I think if we polled NFL players, they would say no, and it's silly to think that someone who gets paid to play the game needs a pep talk to go out and play hard. No. Or to do something more. I said, more. I said it's needed in a collegiate but, atmosphere, not a pro locker But here's, here, and Paul, you said it, you know, you're, you're going from the standpoint of it's a poisonous message about this guy getting so many chances where other people don't get a chance. And Tim Tebow gets the same privilege and the same special treatment that a lot of celebrities get. So he's not unlike a lot of different celebrities. But here's the bad message I think Urban Meyer is sending. The biggest knock on Urban Meyer, if you're a player in the NFL, is that this guy only understands college football. He is a dictator that will not treat us like professionals, and he is going to treat everything like we are the, uh, the, the hired help, I'm the master, I'm telling you what to do, it's my way or the highway, this is my ship, and this is how I'm going to run it. This is doing nothing to dispel those notions when you bring back your buddy and a local celebrity to try out for the team. And I think the message it sends to the Jacksonville locker room, and some people may say, the Jacksonville locker room is sucked, so who cares what they think? So try something different. I get that. Well, the something different is Trevor Lawrence. Well, the something different is Urban Meyer, right? But the, in, the, in the something different, you're doing the same thing. So Urban Meyer, to me, is not showing a great understanding of his job as NFL head coach with this. This is a move that you would make to bring Tim Tebow to the Ohio State locker room to speak to the team before a game and give a motivational talk. Tim Tebow can talk about the keto diet. He can talk about playing hard on third down. He can talk about his faith. He can talk about whatever he wants, and he can do it in a compelling way, and he can get people fired up. But if I am getting paid, and I'm a veteran for Jacksonville, or anyone that's getting a paycheck to play football, if Tim Tebow stands on a chair in the locker room and starts yelling at me to play harder, I'm going to find it silly, and I'm going to think less of my head coach for subjecting me to this. Now, if Urban Meyer actually believes that Tim Tebow, who is in great shape, I don't think the issue is he's going to come in out of shape. He hasn't played football in a while, but he's in great shape. If Urban Meyer legitimately believes that Tim Tebow is going to make this team and help this team and catch passes... Now we're talking about a talent evaluation issue, right? He ran a 4-7. Because there's seven, nothing to show us that he can do 11 that. years ago. He ran 4-7 11 years ago. In the modern NFL, if you're a pass-catching tight end, you've got to be able to run. Who says he's going to be pass-catching? Oh, uh, but, I mean, then you see him as a blocker? Okay, then he's Rudy at that point. Like mean, you're going to put him out there to go uh, hit somebody with a block on a play and then get him back out? Good I job, see, Rudy. Uh, see, I, I think the, the, the writing on the wall here is obvious. And I haven't seen anyone make the connection. The guy's going to be on a 16-man practice squad, and he's going to be in the locker room and on the practice field on a daily basis for Urban Meyer. That, that, as soon as the NFL says that the practice squad is exactly the way it was last year, he will be one of the 16 members on their practice squad. Why Functioning as a coach? 
is yeah, it, I mean, is well, it just on your staff? functioning as a coach and a, and a guy who's going to go out and practice? He's going to be on the scout team and give reps for Urban Meyer while being in the locker room with the team. Again, facilitating and, and reinforcing anything that Urban Meyer wants. So weak. you talked to him for a long time, so I'll ask you this. Is he just opposed to coaching, but he's all about playing? I mean, because it seems logical to me that, that I thought about this the whole time. Why not just hire him as an assistant if you uh, want his presence in the locker room and on the team? You know, we, we, we spoke uh, about Eddie coaching whenever uh, he was with us. Um, I didn't ask him if he wanted to be a coach because he was at the time uh, and still is on this speaking circuit. And, and I'll say, if he stood on a chair in a locker room and started speaking, people are going to listen to him. People, teammates gravitate to what he has to say. You can say, you can roll your eyes and say that it's it's planned and it's set up. The, the way he comes across to a group of people uh, is different than if I stood up on a chair and started speaking to professional athletes. So, it, 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 case in point would be uh, the speech that is engraved on the wall at Florida after the Ole Miss loss. I mean, that small things like that get get his teammates motivated. But th- well, and, does and, it make you play better football at the NFL level? Um, no, but it, it grabs your attention. I mean, you, you well, know. What grabs my attention, what should grab your attention is the me, paycheck well, and the standards l- that the Jaguars set. Let me just put in comparison here. And again, I, I don't think it makes a whole lot of sense why you bring him in right now. Um, who, who has a more... A, 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 the better chance of connecting with a locker room right now, David Culley in Houston or Urban Meyer in Jacksonville? Well, Urban Meyer. He's got pelts on the wall from a high level of football. No, I think it's probably Culley. Who's Culley? Been, who's been around. I mean, he's been around the league. Culley longer. has already lost. Well, he's lost because his organization is completely <laughs> yes. screwed up. And the organization in Jacksonville is straight Urban Meyer. And Urban Meyer is going to grab the attention of uh, of, 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 of Trevor Lawrence. He's going to bring in Tim Tebow apparently for a couple helping. of months. This is um, th- this is just him putting forth his message in that you know the collegiate atmosphere that does not work at the professional level. The current the fourth and fifth work. string tight ends in Jacksonville are James O'Shaughnessy and Ben Ellefson. And I'm sure the locker room there is not particularly interested in oh, hearing I'm sure from those not. guys based on their merit as tight ends. And I think that Tim Tebow qualifies as the same based on what's important. What can you do to help this team win between the stripes? That is where the NFL works first and foremost, not on pep talks and things like that. You can give a pep talk after you catch some passes that help us do some things. But... I don't know that he can catch some passes to help them do some things. And so his college resume doesn't mean much until that. We've seen lots of guys come into the league who had big college careers that don't mean anything until you do something in the NFL. It's, it's a weird mutual using of each other is the way I look at it. I mean, this is basically fantasy camp for, for Tim Tebow. He's been staying in shape. Well, now he gets a chance to go play a little more football and just challenge himself. He likes to challenge himself to see if he can do it. So he's using Urban Meyer and the Jags to do that. And Urban Meyer's using him as, look at this example of a guy who works hard and does what I say on the practice field. 
I mean, it's just, question. it's a weird, it, it, it's fantasy camp if is Urban what I Meyer, look at it If as. Urban Meyer got the Chargers job, is he bringing him in to, to Southern California? Or how much of this is the regional appeal of Tim Tebow not far from Gainesville? I don't think this is about selling tickets. Um, I think this is just having an extra, I mean, the cliche would be an extra coach in the locker room. But, uh, you know, Paul, it, the, the example that I would point to, how much did we rip, and the answer is not much, how much did we rip the Titans for traveling Harry Douglas on their road schedule whenever he could barely play at the end of his career? But they had a young team, uh, and they wanted him on the sidelines in Titans sweats. He wasn't a coach. He was getting paid to be on a roster. Yeah. No, they kept and him a year. instead of cutting him loose, or instead of just keeping him at home like every other player who's inactive, uh, that you know is going to be inactive before you travel on Saturday, they flew him out to those cities. Yeah, they because kept, they wanted him around the team. I think they kept him a year too long, and I knocked them for having guys that were very much malarkey, rabisky guys in that that's, era. To who me, were that's the that's the exact same for being idea those guys. with this. But I think Harry Douglas, uh, as ineffective a player as he was at the end of that, was more effective player than Tim Tebow. Well, here's uh, here's let's get down. To uh, it's not about being an effective player. Neither were going to play. We knew it at the end. We can talk about this. The, the idea that Tim Tebow is going to be but, an active player on week one is again like this is this is more about behind the scenes than it is selling tickets for week one when the schedule comes out tomorrow. So here's jerseys. where the animosity comes okay, from. We'll do that. Here's where the animosity comes from. This hits on a little bit of what you're saying, Paul. And I think this is natural human nature. If Harry Douglas left the league for seven or eight years, would he be on the Titans travel squad and come back? No. People are mad because no one else is getting this opportunity. No one. They, they want to laugh at it. They want to mock Tim Tebow. I, I, sometimes I feel a little bit bad for Tim Tebow because I think Tim Tebow – is the victim of his circumstances. He has the privilege of doing this. No one else does. People are pissed at that privilege, so they're pissed at Tim Tebow. It's not Tim Tebow's fault if Urban Meyer wants to use him to be a, a, a mascot in the locker room and show how to work hard and do all these pep talks and everything. I don't think it's Tim Tebow's fault, but that's the issue is people are mad at the situation. And I'm, they're mad that Tim Tebow can leave, go to SEC Network, go speak at churches, go play minor league baseball, and then they're mad that we played minor league baseball later. because he's, he's taking a spot from someone who's done it his whole life, right? Here's Tim Tebow waltzing in, this high school celebrity, homeschool kid who went and won a Heisman at Florida, got multiple chances in the NFL at different positions, and now he's taking some hardworking baseball player spot. And here's Tim Tebow once again. He's got a crazy whim to go play football again. And guess what? They could have hired someone that's been playing football the last four years who's 25 years old on that practice squad. And instead they hired Tim Tebow. That's what people are really pissed at. You're not mad at Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow's a great guy who represents great things. You're mad at Tim Tebow's opportunities. And that's where people get angry. And I get that. I understand it. People don't like Tom Brady because he's so awesome. And he gets to do whatever the hell he wants to do. And people are jealous, naturally, of that. I think there's some jealousy with Tim Tebow with a lot of people that hate him. And again, I'm saying it's not Tim Tebow's fault, but I completely understand hating the situation. Because I hate the situation. And I hate Urban Meyer. <laughs> and this makes me not like Urban Meyer more because I feel like Urban Meyer looks like a clown here that is stuck in college. And he's using Tim Tebow for that reason. And I'm not a big Colin Kaepernick guy. 
but a lot of the case made by the league against Colin Kaepernick is, well, he's been out of the league for two years. You don't come back after you've been out of the league for two years or three years. And here's a guy that's been out of the league for eight years. And they're giving him a position change and inviting him Is Colin him Kaepernick going to play for the veteran minimum? I don't know. But I don't know that anybody's offered him the veteran minimum. Denver did. That's why John Elway took him off their board. He's been offered that. And, and, and Paul, also, you were saying how you don't like that um, – you know, that you're either in or you're out. I mean, I think there were some teams probably saying the same thing to Colin Kaepernick. You're either in or out with us. Are you a football player or are you not? And, I, and in this that case, was part of the problem. This, this is about – I don't get the comparison, but I, I see that all over the place. Well, it's completely different players position are as well. That, they're, putting, they're putting the side-by-side of Tebow kneeling to pray and Colin Kaepernick kneeling, and they're, they're making a comparison. I, I just – we're talking apples and oranges when we're talking about these two situations. And, again, I'm on record. I don't like that Tebow's given this opportunity, but it's his opportunity that he's been given. So I don't begrudge him for taking it if someone's going to offer it to him. And also the position change is a factor in this. Certainly. The, the, the argument I saw Paul immediately made was uh, Colin Kaepernick playing receiver for someone. You know, someone going to give Colin Kaepernick a chance to play well, receiver no, if he says he'll play receiver? The connection receiver? would be if Jim Harbaugh gets back in the league, is he calling Colin Kaepernick? That's what Urban Meyer just did with Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow's not in the league if not for Urban Meyer. Yeah. I mean, that's – absolutely. And, again, that's where I – it's an uncomfortable marriage to me. Why was Tim Tebow not signed by Jacksonville originally when all this was going on, by the way? It's because Jacksonville didn't want to cut Tim Tebow in Florida Gator country. And they were worried about the implications. Mm. They took a chance on him and did that. What if Tim Tebow's just flat-out cut? Does, well, that, does that put a dent in Jacksonville, or they, they just say, well, thanks for giving him a shot? They will have to cut him to put him on their practice squad. Right. And then people won't care because he'll still be, still be around. Well, I, I pray that uh, ESPN will cover this with the proper scope, but I know, that they, won't. <laughs> I know no. that they won't. Well, I hope that everyone covers it with the proper scope. Uh, instead of just you know going live to uh, get the, the post-practice interview, but not actually discussing what that practice looked like. Well, the AFC South, uh, biggest story. I mean, this gets Deshaun Watson off the hook for some attention. Well, for 24 hours. Well, no. I I mean, if they do in training camp, what I can envision them doing in training camp, uh, the the Texans aren't going to get bashed for the Deshaun Watson stuff, or Deshaun Watson's not. Carson Wentz, microscope, loses a little of its magnifying power. Uh, Derrick Henry won't get the attention that he he deserves, right? Um, you know, all of these things get tamped down if you're sending your crew to Jacksonville for extra on top of Trevor Lawrence. I I, I legit I 100% believe he will play in the NFL games. I I don't think this is going to happen. See that. I, don't. I think they're going to put him out there and he is going to play in NFL games. Mark my words right now. This is not being done by Urban Meyer just to hide him on the practice squad. I think he will be given an opportunity to make a comeback, even if it's five snaps, and he goes out there and is a a mascot. He's Rudy. I mean, that's that's the way I look at Tim Tebow when he gets in a game. He's going to go out there, and he's going to block on a run play. I saw another weak theory, you know, that uh, uh, distract the attention from Trevor Lawrence. Like, Trevor Lawrence can't handle the attention? Like, Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence has done nothing but handle attention his entire football career. And he's excellent at it. I mean, if he was a weak-minded guy, you'd say, all right, they're creating some kind of distraction. Trevor Lawrence... 
handles everything very gracefully, and he's been excellent. He doesn't need he helped cover. He football played. <laughs> I mean, he stepped out there. He's and was bringing Jacksonville the, we good attention. Movement. He's bringing Jacksonville good attention. He's a guy that can handle it. Could have handled New York. And why are we all – this is something else that just blows my mind. The uh, coddling and protecting of a quarterback that you drafted number one overall without any reservations to lead your franchise – the idea that now we're going to have to Distract. take some attention off this guy. Look over there. Look so over much there. And we brought him in to be our quarterback. I don't know if they're doing that, though. I don't I want think the, so. I that's think the it's automatic a assumption, but I think it's that's, a weak theory. That's, Again, that's very is, weak. It's very where, lazy to just throw that well, out there. This is where we're trying to talk about the story and what the story is on this show. But we can't talk about this story without discussing narratives around this story. When Judy Batista post that about we want him to be a good locker room presence and change the culture, I'm going to react to that, whether that's the, 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 act, the, the actual thing that's happening or not. But Urban Meyer, for all we know, could be saying, I think this guy could start for us. I have no idea what Urban Meyer's thinking. It makes sense that he's brought in as a motivational speaker slash extension of the head coach for the locker room, like Batista said. And I've got an issue with that. Because I think that shows a lack of understanding of professional well, It makes football. more sense to think that he could start for us than that a fifth-string tight end is going to be a culture changer, I think. Well, behind the scene, I, I just this guy is different than O'Shaughnessy, the, the fifth-string tight end, standing in a locker room and giving a, a speech. He just he, He's just different in that regard. I know, but like Chad said, there aren't a lot of speeches going on in the locker room between now and opening day. There aren't. Uh, those speeches are given by Urban Meyer. I just think that there's maybe... Well, that, that, that is true. I mean, again, I, and I mentioned, it's more of a collegiate atmosphere that he's trying to instill. That, that, that's the message that this signing, or w this will sign, sends. Uh, but it's, it's, it's bizarre because of the NFL way of going about things. College coaches Wait, who come into the pros and try to be college coaches go back to college. In yes. short order. I just think there's one, maybe two guys in every NFL locker room that has the clout to stand up in front of a team and address the team in a pep talk scenario. And the quarterback is typically one of them. You have to play. And maybe the star defensive player and leader of the defense is another player. And I don't even think those speeches work most of the time. I think it works a lot more when a guy who has some clout, who gives, who gives his all, gets in a guy's face to do the right thing, and addresses them one-on-one. -on -one. That works in any locker room. When you have respect for someone and they're on you about something, that works in a locker room. I just think it's foolish if if, it's if, not, if Urban Meyer actually believes he's going to go there and give a pep talk. But even if he's it's, going around to lockers and putting his arm around guys and giving them the one-on-one -on -one thing. He's Easter being He's a team chaplain. Where, yeah, where is his foundation for that for these guys? With, I mean, I, 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 if he's coming, I would up rather to, him be the team chaplain than this. Honestly, I think he'd be great as sort of an, a locker room advisor, go around and uh, talk to guys and get a relationship right, going with them. He's got cloud in that. And I help the them Heisman in their lives and help them play. Pro yeah. ball in two leagues. And he gets yeah. to do that and be competitive at the same time, which I think both sides get what they're wanting out of this. I mean, Tim Tebow leading your team chapel on Sunday morning um, for the game? Sign, sign me up for no. that. That's, that's where I'd want Tim Tebow up in front of the room speaking. But by I, both I, sides I, getting I what they want, it waters down both sides. I, I don't want to discredit the leadership factor of an NFL locker room, though. And I feel like that's what we've done over the last five minutes or so. Um, and we'll use the Tennessee Titans as an example. Uh, leadership sucked for years here. Sucked. And they traded for DeMarco Murray. And that started the shift. 
they trade and acquire Delaney Walker. That started the shift in leadership. Leadership does matter behind the scenes in the National Football League. So it's not like you just show up and play. The Titans did that, and they sucked for years. Um, so Urban Meyer is showing up in Jacksonville and realizing that Gardner Minshew is on every poster in the Jacksonville airport right now. That's how bad they are. Gardner Minshew is the leader of the franchise when he took over. Now it's Trevor Lawrence, and he's instilling a, a, instilling a, 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 a veteran mentality, or trying to, by incorporating his own messages. His messaging, and he's admitted to this, it's tough for him to bring that in through free agency because he doesn't know these free agents. He, has, he wasn't given an opportunity to really meet with them before signing them. So he's going by the word of his college coaches or current coaches who either know these guys from college or they coach them in the NFL, or he's going with his own relationships. That's, all, that's what he's done, and that's what he's doing in this instance. But the examples you draw, DeMarco Murray was established as a good player, and he came in and he played well. Yeah. Delaney Walker came in, and he helped change the tone by playing well. And my examples are starting caliber players. This is, uh, this no. is the 90th man on your roster. Right. And, and he's got some people who, you know, Josh Allen, the defensive end, who was a first-round pick a couple years ago. Those are the kind of guys, if you've taken this job as Urban Meyer, that you've got to be hoping are capable of the things sure. you're talking about. A guy that's going to go out and cover. Has Urban or Meyer get some met Josh sacks. Allen yet? Uh, you would Probably hope. not. Yeah, you don't know because of this you know, stupid boycott. That's boycott that's going on where they don't even want to do. Uh, the team activities right now. We have Tom Brady, who worked out with, <laughs> who worked out with teammates last year outside of the practice facility to get ready with his new roster. Uh, is now telling incoming rookies, Paul, hey, uh, stay. Calls away for the facility. boycott. He calls for the boycott, but then he's going to have organized workouts. <laughs> I mean, I mean on I, his I, own. I, 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 You're looking for any way to perpetuate your message to your team right now. Well, and if you want to know why Tom Brady is so successful, it's the fact that That's he it. found ways to subvert the rules a year ago and get guys together. And he was dying to get together and throw with someone, right? He's already offered to throw with Kyle Trask, their draft pick. Like, he's dying to get back and do things. And too many players across the league are worried about, well, yeah. I'll work out on my own. I, I'm not. I'm not in a hurry to actually do anything organized. Yep, and that's why they're that's why they're successful, and why they we'll, we will see him do the same thing this offseason. It's funny, yeah, because he's hypocr- hypocritical. He's he's uh, supporting everyone not going. Hey, don't go, because I'm no, going to have going. a better mini camp over here anyway. Well, that might be true too. <laughs> yeah. They no, may he actually loves do it more if they're work. They're not going because he knows he's going. Yeah, we're going to do it over here, yeah. two miles away. Uh, coming up, we'll. Uh, Hit some more headlines from last night at noon today, uh, which uh, one o'clock Eastern. We will have uh, Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee. Uh, we'll talk some uh, football with the newest SEC coach, and then we give our thoughts on last night's uh, farewell for Pekka Rene at Bridgestone Arena. That is all straight ahead on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Alongside Chad Withrow and Paul Kuharski, I'm Jonathan Hutton. FanDuel.com slash OK360. That is the site to go visit. Uh, Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which I'm looking at right here. Uh, Chad, I am scrolling through. 
looking for the Braves minus one and a half tonight against Toronto. Will you be taking the Bravos at home? Do you have the pitching matchup right It is Ray on the mound for Toronto. And who for Atlanta? Uh, Freed. Max Freed. Um, I will take the Braves money line on that. I'll also advise all of our viewers and listeners that I have lost 11 straight bets. Oh, you're back on as of last night. 11 straight bets, which is very difficult to accomplish. So, I, I we believe it's in honesty, not that difficult. You've done transparency it on this show. <laughs> I've never won 11 straight. I'll tell you that. You, you usually think it might balance out at some point. I'll go well, on a heater. You know what broke the streak? Soccer. Well, I went. This is the problem, though, now because I've lost about seven straight soccer draw bets because <laughs> I was so hot early on, and now it's my it's my pillow at night. Right before I lay down, I think you know it's going to be a nice soft landing after this day of losing a draw in soccer. <laughs> so I just go knowing nothing about any of these soccer teams to some international match, and I get about plus three forty on the odds, and I put $5 down on a soccer draw, and it hasn't been working. Nothing's been working for me. So I tell you that to take this information with a grain of salt. I will be betting on the Braves to win on the money line against the Blue Jays tonight with Max Fried. Man United Leicester might not be a bad uh, draw bet. Let me look into that. Did you see the, the story that Conor McGregor is in talks with Man United? To do uh, what? For ownership. <laughs> so he buys the pub in Dublin... And kicks the guy out that he punched in the head. And now he's going to possibly like I, be an owner well, of trying to get it. Rid was, of the it was reported that he was asked about it on Instagram or Twitter or something, and he responds to it, which means you don't do the negotiations in public like that. But he mentioned, he mentioned like two or three clubs. And, but he was specifically asked about Man U and whether or not the rumors were true. And he goes, I think I could do a lot for that club. <laughs> what, what kind of money you gotta does love, he You've got to love his attitude. Well, he just, I, even a filthy rich guy like that doesn't have billions. Uh, I don't, I don't think billions. it's billions. But, I mean, when I think, when I think of him buying in, I, I think he's of like part us. ownership yeah. or something. But, uh, I mean, he, reports are he sold that, that Irish whiskey for $600 million. Proper 12. Proper 12. Proper 12. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if he's getting a percentage of that and then he's, he's, he's making, what, 80 or 90 million in the boxing match against Floyd, just to walk and <laughs> just to show up and I fight. Mean, the man's a business mogul. There's, I, it's, there's no it's doubt a, about it. I don't, I don't know what his, his worth is, Paul. But um, Conor McGregor as an owner, <laughs> that, that would be. Uh, I want him to own an be, NFL team. That'd be quite the PR move there. That'd be that'd be great press conferences. Paul, guess what I just did? I just by the way, Yankee, <laughs> that, that Yankees on the road tonight, minus one and a half at Tampa. Yeah, I I have trouble with Montgomery, and um, I don't have a lot of faith. And Tampa owns the Yankees. Baltimore getting a run and a half on the road against the Mets. Mets are uh, I like betting against the Mets. That's fun. Take the money line. <laughs> take, take my O's. Uh, anyway, you can go to fanduelcom slash OK360. Up to $1,000 risk-free bet for new users. You see the opportunity right there. As Chad likes to say, if you haven't already done this, why, why? are you not doing why? it right now? FanDuel why? Sportsbook. FanDuel.com slash OK360. Up to $1,000 in site credit back if you lose your first bet. Hey, uh, the FanDuel bet opportunity makes him sound like Nancy Kerrigan. Why? 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 <laughs> Why? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Um, so the latest excuse from Bob Baffert. Oh. Is, <laughs> Bob no Baffert. excuse. He just fessed up. Well, I mean, he's guilty. 
Well, which how did so he? Guilty, guilty, which one was the one? Guilty, about, guilty. Now I'm Kevin Spacey. And what was the go. one about the? So the 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 reasoning about urinating on the hay from yeah, a trainer. Yeah, hold on. We're burying a headline here because yesterday we talked about the Baffert's initial excuse was that his horse ate. <laughs> Some hay that was urinated on Some urine hay. by a, a steroid horse. Piss hay, as yeah. they call it. And no, not I, by a steroid in horse. The business. By a groom. Like someone that tends to the stall. There it is. No, it was a, it was a human being. A human being oh, all right. peed on hay that this horse then ingested. That's he what had Bob some Baffert cough is saying. medicine, so a cough medicine groom. So this led me to wonder if horses were averse to urine hay. And uh, uh, I have oh, to say that right. Jacob really let us down because Jacob is an authority on this matter. Yes. But he did not. Jacob, if you have information on something like this, you are obligated Defend to yourself. buzz in. Yeah. And you failed us yesterday. Now tell us how you failed us. First, apologize. And then <laughs> tell us the information that you have. I apologize for that. Uh, horses <laughs> do, in fact... Eat urinated on hay. And you know this? I, I know this because I have groomed horses before. I spent about seven years doing that. How was the money in that game? Not that good. <laughs> Did you shuck? Did you shuck, shuck the stables? He's not a... No, no. <laughs> He's like shuck. He, it's not corn. What's it called? <laughs> when you this scoop Paul, poop. Paul really showing his, uh, his knowledge of agriculture. I thought it's called those. shuck the stables. You, you, you do that with corn. I know. Yeah. Shuck I the stables. Muck? muck? Yeah. Right, my bad. I'll take full blame. Did you muck? Did you shovel out poop from the horse stables? Did you clean those Absolutely stables? Absolutely, we did. Yeah, you can see Jacob Swanson really becoming a young Kirby before our eyes. Like this, this is like Kirby 1992. For How old were you, Kirby. Jacob, during this time period of of cleaning stables and grooming horses? Was this You're not that old? Was this a child? No, slave it was, labor it was my uh, job from like late high school through college. I got you. Okay, and, and then you also worked at a golf course, correct? Or you just went to the golf. Okay, worked at the golf. Course. Did you ride any Hunt of these horses? Worked at a golf course too. We have that because you have a little bit of a jockeyish feel to you. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he's not they, that. They small. were not riding horses. They were uh, uh, the big ones, just under Clydesdales. So just they, under. We, we used them to like pull sleighs and ah. you know, get the Christmas tree during Christmas time. That's you know, beautiful. Fun stuff. Beautiful. Uh, but he has. Uh, Jacob is saying that horses will, in fact, eat. Urinated on hay. Well, Baffert we doesn't need this what, excuse yeah, that's, anymore. That's, that's that, not that, cough medicine is not at And fault. I'm betting that horse ingested more than cough medicine from Jacob in that, in that <laughs> yes. instance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it was, was, so much it was weird when the horse fell asleep on its feet for three days <laughs> after Jacob tended to this horse. The, the early band name was uh, The Horse's Acid. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 <laughs> that horse's nickname was just Ludes because of what Jacob was feeding. <laughs> okay, so the new excuse now is... Um, the the horse had a bit of a rash, and they yeah. had to place apply some medicine to the horse's patoot, um, and there was some steroidal uh, medicine in the ointment. Now, how does Baffert come to know this today? He said, to be fully transparent, I wanted to share this as soon as I learned it. Now, are we to believe 
that this guy doesn't know everything that's going on with his Kentucky Derby horse, and he just finds out yesterday? Come on. This, this is like this is like Saban not knowing something that's well, going on with the Alabama program. This is this horse lives a better life than Tim Tebow. I mean, th- 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 this horse is going to be sired for years to come, and uh, people are going to pay to bring their horse to breed with the Kentucky Derby winning horse. It's not like that. I mean, the paddock in this it, it is a palace. It's a castle. And the idea that Bob Baffert doesn't know what's going on in this situation, that's what is funny to me. Because even if he didn't know exactly what's going on, uh, a rash that would require steroid treatment would be something he would know about before today, or before yesterday. He would know every ingredient in the ointment. Now, maybe he doesn't know about the groom peeing on hay, (laughs) you know, like at 3 o'clock in the morning or wherever it took place. But, But in this instance, he would absolutely know in advance. And normally in a... To me, like if you're going into an event where you're going to get tested, you know if you win your horse. He's won multiple times. He's the winningest trainer. Um, Wouldn't you disclose that ahead of time? Like, hey, there's a medical condition here. Be on the lookout for this. Would you not say that? You would definitely. uh, That's one where you'd probably want to ask for permission and not forgiveness and just give them a heads up about what's going on. Because now I'm going to sound like Jerry Seinfeld, but what is the big deal? What is the big deal if he rubs some steroid cream on an injury to the horse? Right. Is that that big of a advantage going into a race that it's going to put you over the top? And he's running. I don't. I don't know the, the ins and outs of horse racing, but it Preakness. doesn't seem like that big of a deal to me. The horse is in the Preakness, I believe, right? As of now. Yeah, I, I just it's it's bizarre the excuse making. And Paul, even if he didn't know, it's like the institutional control, lack of institutional right. control from the NCAA handed down. You mentioned Saban, any coach, um, it's lack of institutional control in this in this matter. The like, vet knows or has to know what that there's steroids in the cream that he proposes. Does the vet not know the steroid rule? I mean, here's here's my solution to this. I'm going to help all of horse racing with this right now. Who cares? Let the horse race in the Preakness because no one's going to watch if that horse is not in the Preakness. You now have controversy that sells. You've got a horse that's going for the second leg of a Triple Crown that sells. No one outside of your stables gives a damn that there was steroid cream applied to this horse because of an injury. Let the horse race. (laughs) You let him race. You let him race, and you let us watch. You let us watch. Let us watch what is being consecrated on that racetrack this, in Pimlico Downs. You this let us is why watch. it matters, He'll though, lose. for the Kentucky Derby. Um, there are exclusive rights holders to the betting that takes place there, right? To my knowledge, anyway. Yeah, Twin Spires uh, or... Yes, I think you're... Yes. Yeah. $155 million was wagered on the, the race itself. That's why, That's why it matters. Going on. That's why it matters. Um, but Chad's right. I mean, people are more likely to tune in now. Well, and, and but they I may strip the title. It's more people betting on the, the but, Preakness, but too, which not, will happen if the horse is in. But this yeah. horse may be stripped of the of the yeah. Kentucky Derby title between now and the Don't Preakness. Don't do it. Could. Don't do it. Well, I don't think you it will. follow I, the rules. Don't so, do it. This is like hunting with steroids in baseball. He was pro because it made the sport better. This is You're making the sport worse, and our interest level go down if you 
disqualify them or you don't follow the, the rules. Yeah, I uh, got to follow screw the, rules. the rules. And their horse is dying all over the place because people are messing with them. I uh, out out in Santa Ana. I don't know how quickly this is resolved though. Like I, I was uh, reading or watching Kornheiser yesterday, and he was saying, and he was joking. He's like, I've talked with two people that know horse racing, which makes me an expert. And he said, it's going to take weeks for this B sample to come back. Really? That's what he was saying. That's what he was told. He's like, it's ridiculous, but we're not going to know before this week. I'm like, why can you not get this going a little faster on this sample testing? I mean, the first sample came back, so... I know. So they're going to... Nah. I don't know. It's, it's bizarre. That's th That much we know. I won't be betting on any ponies. I think we have a show bet. Well, I know so little about it. I mean, clearly, I know even less than I know, I know about very little about gambling on sports that I know based on my record. <laughs> right. So why not? I may become a horse racing these, expert. These soccer draws you're betting on, you don't know anything. Yeah, well, that's about. how he wins, though. Not paying off. Well, not anymore. Chad's <laughs> saying I'm not even willing to win <laughs> to watch a draw. <laughs> TV going at this point. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360, and we invite you if you're watching on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter. Subscribe, like, share the post. We have Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee coming up in just a matter of minutes right here on the show. Hang with us on OutKick. OutKick 360 coming up in about five minutes. Clark Lee, head coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores, he will join us. We'll also give our thoughts in the noon hour during the Tennessee Power Hour on Pekka Rene. And the regular season finale last night, the send-off for Pekka last night by the Nashville Predators fan base at Bridgestone Arena. Looking forward to that. Uh, we hope that you'll share the post on Facebook, retweet on Twitter, and we certainly hope you'll subscribe on YouTube. And if you're using an Amazon device, you can ask Alexa to search OutKick on YouTube. The show will pop up every single day at noon. Even easier, you can just subscribe. You can ring that bell and subscribe. And the show will alert you every time we go live weekdays or any new content is posted after we go off the air. Yeah, and anything you can do with that always helps us. The review, the rating uh, on YouTube, on podcasts, wherever you can, please do so. Some sad news to report. This is from Hawaii News Now. And also I'm seeing that Ryan Mouton, former Titan and Hawaii player, uh, posting this as well. Colt Brennan, the legendary Hawaii quarterback, former NFL quarterback, is dead at the age of 37. No details yet on that death, but really sad news uh, coming from Hawaii. And uh, Ryan Mouton tweeting, I'm hurt man, RIP Colt Brennan in Hawaii News Now with the story and now a lot of national uh, outlets picking up that story. Very sad. Uh funnier, more lighthearted note, the Tennessee state flag is flying over the North Carolina State Capitol, but it has nothing to do with the pending Predators Hurricanes series. Apparently there's a movie being filmed in North Carolina <laughs> for which this is flying. The yeah. Predators had oh, fun with this? it and put up a uh, awkward this smiley This is prima nocta. I don't know what it is. Yeah. How, how, uh, how <laughs> well, about the timing on that? The Preds are winning the Stanley Cup. That's what they declared with that. Pretty, pretty good. Lee, head coach of the Vanderbilt Commodores, next on Outkick 360. Hang with us. Hey, it's Jonathan Hutton. Thanks for listening to Outkick 360. Be sure to subscribe to the show to have the latest podcast delivered to you each and every day. And give us five stars. It helps us grow our network and provide you with more great podcasts like this one.